We were doing a big catch up because going from talking to you at least a couple times a week when we collaborated, you were my longest running intern for how many years? It was about four years. I started my sophomore year of college in between my freshman and sophomore year that summer. And then I wait until after I graduated. You became such a crucial part of Angles Insights and Newport Interactive Marketing Networking Learning Community and actually did a lot to launch ROINU, which is amazing. And I'm curious, how are things going before we jump into grad school and making the decision for grad school? It was always a big investment, but let's backtrack and hear how things are going now. Next semester will be my final semester. I'm at the University of Texas in Austin getting my master's in advertising. It's, it's been a really good ride, but a long one that I'm really excited to wrap up this chapter and move on. But I really enjoy learning and I've been able to learn so much more than an extra few years of school. But I'm ready to close this chapter and use all of the knowledge that I have learned, both from school and then also working with you over those three and a half years and start applying that in a full-time position. So that'll be soon. We'll be job hunting here shortly. And last summer you branched out and you got an internship with a pretty big agency. What was that like? I'm working for a company called Pixel and it's located in Nashville. And I had an entire spreadsheet set up with all of the internships I was applying to. Honestly, it was probably around 50 near the end of the spring semester. And I ended up interviewing with a lot of different companies, but Pixel really felt like the right fit. It was a remote position. Since I currently live in Austin, I didn't want to relocate for an internship. I worked with you remotely for those three and a half years, so I felt very comfortable working remote. So I was trying to find internships that were remote as well. Once Pixel offered me the job, I was really excited to be able to work for an agency and get some experience doing a lot of copywriting and working on some different clients. And I decided to continue the internship into the school year. Just a low amount of hours because school is crazy busy, but I don't like to, to be bored. I like to take on extra projects and uh, they definitely have stuff for me to do. What would you say was really helpful going into your interview process? I was really organized and I also did a lot of research. When I was working with you, I did a lot of research to know the trends and what was going on in the field and also new tools that were coming out. That's one of the best parts of an internship is you get to learn so much. And so that skill of research really aided me when I was looking at companies and before the interview, I would do so much research on the company itself, understanding what their mission and value is, and then what other people are saying about the jobs that they've had there before, the questions that they've gotten asked. And I created this huge document of notes to prepare myself to have these conversations. And I really tried to combine my experiences working with, you know, Ankles and Insights and NIM and comparing that to a question that they may ask or a value that they have and pairing those together so that when they did ask those questions, I was ready to have a whole story, an anecdote to tell them on how I've used my skills in the past. That really helped to demonstrate that I was prepared to take on a lot and jump right in and not have to require a lot of training. They don't want to have someone who they have to train for six weeks before they can start. I was able to do a week of 
getting acclimated with how their processes run. But after that, I quickly jumped in. Being able to tell them that I was ready to jump in, a really big advantage and what made me stand out in, in my interviews. You had made a comment about the volume of work that you were able to do and how much they were giving you and what they were expecting from you. I work pretty quickly. I like to scratch the tasks off my list of things to do. I don't think they were necessarily expecting someone to work that fast, but I had to ask for more work. Especially when I was working with you, I took on a much larger role in terms of the strategy. Whereas when I started working with them, it was more task-based of what they needed help with and less of the actual planning. And so I wasn't used to that smaller role yet. It would be Monday or Tuesday and I'd have my work done for the week and I'd be like, is there anything else I can help with? And when you're working 20 hours a week, I feel like it's important that you're using that time wisely and actually getting tasks done. And I'd spend the blog post three hours working on it, but maybe they think it would take me more. And so I was having to have a conversation with them to better understand my workload capabilities and how much I could do. And I think that's important conversation to have when you're getting ready to start an internship is those expectations. I know we had lots of conversations about setting expectations for myself and you setting expectations for me. It's important that it goes both ways. That helps make sure that you're getting the most out of it and they're getting the most out of you. Because at the end of the day, internships are meant to be learning experiences. If you're not learning, that feels like a waste of time. So you want to make sure that you're setting those clear expectations from the beginning. Yeah. Before the summer even ended, they gave you really great feedback. They were excited to have me on the team. And there was discussion about having something full-time after. Obviously, very early conversations because I am still in school. And so I'm not necessarily ready to start for that yet, but it was really great feedback. And I've gotten a lot of good feedback from the team, which is great because I enjoy working with them. And, and so it's nice to hear when you're getting that kind of feedback. And I actually saw something a few weeks ago that said to take screenshots of emails or messages or, or anything when you get good feedback and to save, have a file on your computer and your desktop or a folder in your photos and save those pieces of, of feedback because I think a lot of young professionals and like myself, we get imposter syndrome, I think sometimes of when you're getting all this good work and those compliments and those excitement, excited moments can taking a look back at them when you're feeling that like imposter syndrome or feeling like you're not doing good enough to remind yourself that like you're valued and that you're good enough. And, and so I've started to do that. That's a fantastic tip and good for anyone. Not just a current student, not just a recent grad or emerging professional. Super great tip that that's one nice thing about technology. You can snap it and, and save it. And I have thank you notes from clients that I save and relish. Mm -hmm. I keep them on my desk and really appreciate that because not every day can be great. And sometimes you need that confidence booster. In this field, it's easy to, to get drained and, and to feel like maybe your work you're doing and it's for nothing and so a reminder of that you're valued and appreciated and that the work you're doing is worth it we we titled this about grad school is grad school right now and you were in a unique position where you had applied for grad school before you graduated and before covid actually hit 
Did you have all your acceptances in by the time COVID came? Yes, I think I got my final one in February. So before things got scary in 2020, I had already planned to, but honestly, a lot of my friends, a lot of the people who I go to school with now did not plan to go to grad school. It was a COVID decision that they had made because there was a lot of fears of what the job market was going to look like during COVID. And also a lot of schools were being more lenient, I guess you could say, in terms of acceptance. They were looking for students because with the uncertainty, people didn't want to apply to things or really commit to something. So there's an opportunity there. A lot of schools actually got rid of like their GRE requirements. For some people, it was an opportunity, but for me, it was always plan. I know you and I had discussed for almost a year before that I had intentions of going to grad school. I didn't feel like I was done learning and I wanted to dig into some topics a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of my friends after four years were like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. But I was like, all right, let's do it for two more years. (laughs) No break. Just jump right in. Yeah. What I think is fantastic about what you've been able to do in grad school is You're not only taking a full load of classes, but how many different classes have you been a TA for? Four different classes, um, ranging from communication and leadership. I did a film class and I'm currently doing an entrepreneur class right now where they bring in guest speakers. And then next semester I'm doing digital marketing class and then I'll have two more on top of it. I've got to learn from those classes. Being a TA, you get to not only learn the skills of being a teacher, but also I'm like taking the course too. So I get to learn that information without having to do any of the assignments necessarily, but listen to the information. So, And there's a lot of financial incentives to being a TA too. I, I was a graduate mm-hmm. assistant, similar, just not teaching. I was working in student media when I went to grad school at University of South Carolina. I know that grad school is often appealing option, but for people who might not be interested or maybe can't afford grad school, ROI is structured so that you can skill up and be workforce ready, be ready to go into a digital marketing role. We have a whole slew of partners who are interested in working with our alumni. You predate the ROI alumni, Mm -hmm. but you are a key player in actually developing this course. What are your thoughts? For a lot of people, recent grads and also people maybe who are, you know, transitioning from a different career and want to know more about digital marketing, it's such an important skill to have. One of the classes that I'm in right now is in the business school, and it's just one class on digital marketing. That's all they offer in the business school. And my professor was talking about it's a shame because there's so much to learn and dig into. And a lot of times schools, universities don't value digital marketing. I don't think as much as they should. So to have an entire course dedicated to learning and getting in-depth on all of the different you know, areas of digital marketing, because there are so many of them, I think it's really important. And also having something that is up to date with the trends and pulling relevant current information is important because a lot of classes will you know, be based off of a textbook that was made even two years ago is dated. You could take four, eight weeks and really dive deeper into some specific topics, I think has so much value. 
especially for people who don't want to get a whole nother degree and want to, to dive deeper into a specific subject like digital marketing. I always value honest off the cuff information and insights. But one of the things that's come up a lot is getting Google certification and what you learn. And you, you did that, right? As part of your classes at University of Kentucky? I've actually, I've done it multiple times and it's something that I've had to do for multiple classes this semester, taking different Google certifications and HubSpot certifications. There's value in it if you take the time to do your own research and learning into it and take notes and really, you have to be dedicated to it because I think the problem is sometimes people just want it for their resume or they want it for their LinkedIn page. That's when it gets tricky because you can blow through it if you really want to and, and, and get the certification. The value comes if you're taking the time to actually understand it and, and take the, the, the tests that they offer and all of the videos and really taking time to, to digest that information. That's another point that came up is it's easy to walk the steps, but to actually apply it is a whole different thing. So how would you compare your experience doing Google certifications with doing an internship like you did with me. When I started working with you, I could not even tell you what SEO meant. I had no idea. And so it, it forced me to do my own research and in combination with having conversations with you, I spent a lot of time going on WordPress and using the Yoast plugin, reading and testing different things out. And that's how I learned when I look back at the Google certifications, I already knew a lot of that information because I had done it in practice. My favorite thing about having an internship and being in school is the ability to learn and then apply. That's a really great way to learn. And with school, with having a class, you, you don't really do that, whereas it's structured more with assignments. I've done some simulations, but it's really not the same as having an actual job or an internship where you're working with the client to develop a website or to do paid ads or social media marketing, even looking at analytics. It's really not the same. You have to have that combination of learning and then also being able to apply it with real world clients. That's what's great about Newport Interactive Marketing and part of being one of the NIM turns is that you are actually producing the marketing that goes into an event that actually happens. And mm -hmm. there's a feedback loop there, right? We could tell, what did we do wrong? There's not enough people RSVPing. What's happening here? You get those results in real time, which is a lot different from doing learning. One of the biggest things I, I had learned and even apply a lot now is email marketing. We did a lot of email marketing with NIM and testing out different subject line and doing A-B testing. That is something that you learn about, but until you apply it and you can see the results of what worked better in one versus the other and comparing, that's something that's a practical skill that you have to have practice because you can sit there and draft email subject lines all day. That's not the hard part. The hard part is understanding what your audience wants. It's different for everyone. And so being able to have a real audience, a large audience to send emails to and be like, oh, interesting. We used an emoji in this one. It seemed like that helped or, oh, the copy was shorter in this email. Maybe we should stick to shorter form copy. That's the kind of stuff that you don't know those things. So you have to really be able to put it into practice. 
and it's super fun. All the college courses, the semester long courses that I developed were based on that type of principle, the ROI and you digital career launcher. You are building out real content. You're working on real things. You're working in real time. It's so important to understand what you really like. I think getting back to your point about so many different avenues in digital marketing, there's email marketing, there's analytics, SEO, content. There's such a breadth of specialties to introduce you to all of those and also have you work with experts who give feedback on the projects that you're working on. So you have that in real time. You're gaining all that expertise. I was um, on a call this morning with one of our expert instructors, Mark Collins, working out together on a client project. He does search engine optimization and understands that is so quickly changing. It's incredible. It's impossible for anyone to keep up with unless you're doing it every day. Or you're working with a team like I do where everyone is bringing in their expertise. But to have an understanding of what all the different parts of digital marketing are, what the specialties are, which specialty you think you might be interested in, and then to bring a portfolio into an interview. What portfolio pieces did you bring? What do you think resonated? Being able to list out all the tools that I had experience with MailChimp being one of them for email marketing. That was surprising in social media as well. I also had short form and long form copy based off of blog posts that I had written for different clients, social media calendars, copy that had been written because a lot of what I do now is like more content based. I was able to show how I can write. I also try to quantify a bit more of the things that we had done, how many attendees, for the name of also some of the graphics um, that I had created, showing the range that I had of all of the different digital marketing aspects that I had been able to work on, showing that I was ready to jump into any of it. Like I said earlier, showing that I didn't necessarily need to be trained. I needed to know their processes, but I was more than capable of writing and designing. You knew the lingo and the tools. With processes, if you have a good one in place, I, when I started working with Pixel, they had a very good, you know, onboarding process. That is really important when you're starting an internship. It shows a lot about a company. You want them to take time to show that they want you to know these things, not just hurry up and jump in and get started. Like, you want to understand how their process works because that's how you keep everything running smoothly. And I had both working with you and with Pixel, I had a really good luck in terms of, you know, having good processes in place is constantly changing, which is just so on, on par for digital marketing. It's always changing too. So processes constantly have to be updated to make sure that it's in line with the trends. The process has to change because the technology changes and what works changes and it's always a moving target. Understand the company and their onboarding process. So you're able to learn their systems and bring your skill sets so you mm -hmm. can get off the ground quickly. Karina, who you've worked with, we just spoke with her two weeks ago. She landed a job and things went okay. And then they started to not go okay. And right around that time, she was posting to her Instagram and a brand that she really loves approached her and said, hey, 
we're, we're looking to fill this position. She was on it. There's quite a lot of trauma that can be involved with a first job and figuring out, is this the right move? I've talked about this before that I had really not a good experience when I had my first full-time job. That's a really great tip and really good advice for taking a look at what that onboarding process looks like. You want a company to want you as much as you want them. That's something that I've learned going through some of the interview processes. After an interview, you can learn a lot by they were treating you and talking to you. I'm going to be looking, you know, seriously when I'm considering things like company culture because I am very passionate about marketing, digital marketing, advertising in general. If I'm on a team or at a company that I don't, that takes that passion that I have away from me, I don't want that. It's very easy to get burned out. And I Mm -hmm. think company culture plays a huge role in how much you're valued. Like I was talking about earlier, having screenshots. If you're working for a company and you're not really getting any of those screenshots, what does that say? For everyone who's looking for a job, you need to evaluate what's important to you and don't be lenient on that. Don't be like, oh, the money's good. So I guess that's okay. I don't think you should have to necessarily sacrifice things because there are a lot of great companies out there. So don't sell yourself short. That is really fantastic advice. I'm so glad that everything worked out for Karina and just in the perfect timing. Um, mm-hmm. It's not really like a toxic workplace. It's good for everyone to know that does exist because there's this pressure of you just got to get a job and you just got to be there for a year and you just kind of struggle. Especially now with the great resignation, mm-hmm. people are just not really willing to put up with that. And I, I think that's okay. That's good because that's what's going to force change as well. Exactly. People suffering. Exactly. I'm super excited for our next cohort to start because we do have agency partners who are very eager to hire for full-time positions. The challenge that they find to take somebody who has done the coursework, let's say, and the certifications, but they don't really, as you were saying, how to apply that to a client and what those deliverables would look like. Do you have any advice for students or recent grads on you know, how to bridge that gap? If they don't want to do something like ROI and U, which is part-time, six-week course, and then followed by an internship and interviews, maybe grad school is not the right option. What are other tips? It's important to look at doing your own research and, and teaching yourself a little bit. For example, I created a website for my portfolio. So I took the time to do a free Wix website and I taught myself how to do all, design it and have like SEO and whatnot. You can learn a lot from creating a, a portfolio website and then that can actually be used for when you're sending your resume off. I always include my website because it has a lot of the work that I've done on there. I know that sometimes you know, people don't have a lot of time to dedicate to doing an entire course or the money to go back to school to get another degree. But I think if you're really passionate about learning more, finding time to take information in small bits, I still think that's really important. And and whatever method works best for you. Sometimes people don't like to read. So maybe it's watching some videos of different case studies online. I think the internet gives us so much information. You just have to be willing to take in that information and process it and learn from it in a sense to be ready to apply it see what worked and just having more information that 
you can use to create is never a bad thing. 